Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome back to another week of Science in Podcasts presented by Science in Pictures magazine. If this is your first time listening, you should know um, this episode will not be our usual long-form format because this is part of our Fun Science Friday series. So this will be a tiny little cute digestible mini-sode this week. Yeah, and for uh, any of you in the listening crowd that are more of a visual learner, uh, Science and Pictures, our parents' website, is going to be posting a corresponding comic coming out on the same day. Yes, and on the same topic. What is that topic, you might be wondering? Um, volcanoes on Mars is what mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about. If you didn't think volcanoes were cool enough, put them on another planet make them cooler. Um, also, for any of you uh, who might not know who's talking to you right now, we probably should introduce ourselves. I'm Madison Dix, one of your co-hosts. Oh, and I'm Jared Adelman, the other one. That's us. All right. Now we're well acquainted. Let's dive right in to um, the substance of this article. Volcanoes yeah. on Mars could be active. So the substance would be magma. Well, yeah. So let's get specific. <laughs> Um, for anyone wondering what that just was, uh, Madison and I are uh, suffering some serious allergy complications right now. So uh, this is like, it's been five minutes of recording, but this is the cleanest we've had it so far. So we're just going to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Disclaimer. Um, if, uh, if, this, if this episode seems a little um, stupid, <laughs> it's because Jared and I are currently being assaulted in the face by tree pollen. So... Yes. <laughs> Um, bear with us. But all right, so this article comes from the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory and the Planetary Science Institute. So many Tories and Terries, jeez. Tories and Terries, yes. Um, and the researchers, uh, we're looking at Mars. You might know her as the red planet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not the researcher, the planet. Yeah, um, and specifically... They found evidence of pretty recent volcanic activity. You might be wondering, why is that a big deal? Well, for quite a long time, um, many people have operated under the assumption that Mars is a dead planet. And what we mean by that, um, it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not there's life on that planet. We're talking about seismic activity, like moving and shaking within, underneath the crust of that planet is stuff yeah. Yeah, it's 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 comparable to like what continental drift is just oh so slowly happening under us at all times. It's just like our, our planet's crust is just moving around doing stuff that's not always good, but it's something. Yeah. So up until recently, um, people thought that the most recent sort of volcanic or seismic activity happening on Mars um, would have been millions of years ago, most of it occurring three to four billion years ago. But in this article, our researchers have found evidence that there could have been an eruption, a big one, um, as recently as 50,000 years ago, which still sounds like a long time to us on Earth with our short little lives. Um, but if you were to condense the history of Mars into the time span of one day, that would mean that this most recent found eruption would have occurred in the last second of that day. So that's really recent when we're talking about geologic time. It is. And not only that, but it was a very different kind of eruption than what usually, uh, or what used to happen on Mars, um, or so, so we, we thought, which is basically like flood eruptions, um, a crack in the crust forms, and then like, just like slow seepage because of pressure. 
lava seepage is a gross word that also sounds horrifying. Yeah, um, but like this all is all of the words to describe a slowly moving liquid, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Title of the episode: Recent Lava Seepage. <laughs> but this was not uh, seepage; it was a literal explosion. Um, yeah. Some this happens on Earth too. Uh, sometimes a series of gases boil up under uh, the Earth, and uh, they find a fragile point in the crust, and they explode out in what is called a pyroclastic eruption. Which is one of my favorite new words I learned from this article. It is really good. Pyroclastic. It sounds like exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. An fire. <laughs> exactly. Um, what was really cool is that they weren't specifically looking for it. I'm pretty sure uh, they just had, well, I should say I'm pretty sure because I couldn't read the full article, full disclosure. Uh, this was not open access and... Um, We've talked plenty of times about how the, how how that's a problem, so I'm just going to say I'm bitter and move on. Um, but they basically fa- fa- found it by accident. Most of the deposits around the uh, area of this eruption are sort of like windblown sediment, but this was a very concentric circle of material that just burst outward from a central point. So, I I mean, it's no wonder they saw this in the middle of nowhere because it would have looked so unique compared to what everything else was. Yeah, I also did a little bit of a deep dive into the area of Mars where they found this activity. Also a really fun name, the Elysium Planitia. Yes, Elysium Planitia. So do you know where the word Elysium comes from? Oh, no. So it's actually from Greek mythology, which is why it immediately, I was like, what? Because Elysium is, um, in Greek mythology, it's like the equivalent to paradise. Um, Oh, yeah, it's it's an idea that evolved sort of over time, over many thousands of or many hundreds of years, um, when you know the Greeks were were doing their thing um, and afterward. But Elysia originally it's where the gods um, get to go after they die because gods can die in Greek mythology, um, and it's also where the heroes or the offspring of gods um, get to go when when they die, and then it expanded over hundreds of years to be like basically the idea similar to the idea of Christian heaven. Um, anyone who lives a good life according to the gods' ideals will get to go to Elysium as opposed to Hades, where it's uh, much more difficult. <laughs> Although the underworld doesn't sound like a totally bad place. In, in well, yeah, no, that's the cool thing about Greek mythology is their underworld is not like hell. It's just, it's, it's like Earth again, basically. <laughs> <laughs> also, a- another word came to mind, which I thought was also Greek, uh, Halcyon, which is like, I have heard like the Halcyon days is in like the, the, the golden days. Is that the same? Halcyon. Oh, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's Greek, but I, I didn't do a deep dive on that one. So I don't want to speculate. Obviously I didn't either. Cause I'm just asking you point blank out of nowhere, but <laughs> I am no expert. Um, but I think it's cool that they named the Elysium, uh, Planitia Elysium because the reason they named it that is because it's flat and calm and windswept. Whereas many other areas of Mars have like, you know, big gashes and craters and all of this evidence of lots of activity in Mars's formation, whereas these plains, the Elysium fields, are very calm, Um, which is why it's so surprising that this calm area of Mars near the equator um, of Mars is where they found the most recent evidence of this kind of explosive eruption. Um, Another interesting thing from the article is that um, the site where this evidence is, is really close to the site of a different research project that's monitoring seismic activity underneath, like going on in Mars. Wait, 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 wait. Tell, tell them what it's called. Okay. Um, I have to 
of they're not earth they're not earthquakes but they're mars quakes mars quakes yes mars quakes yeah mm -hmm. so fun they had to change the f name like why well, because <laughs> just, it's not earth just like yeah but like you pick up a piece of dirt that's earth well it, it'd be like if they called stardust sun dust you know all right, if, you, right, pick up the, if yeah. you pick up uh, dirt on earth it's earth but if you pick up dirt on mars it's mars <laughs> yeah. that just sounds it's that sounds wrong but fine um, yeah <laughs> if elon musk ever makes it up there he's gonna have a linguistic challenge ahead of him <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah so there's this site where they're measuring mars quakes or seismic activity in mars and the evidence that they found of this eruption um aligns really well with what these other researchers are seeing um looking at those mars quakes it's like yeah this is probably the area where there has been the most recent activity and according to these researchers they're pretty sure that that activity is going to continue into the future that even if 50,000 years ago was the most recent, it's not going to be the last, which is interesting. Exactly, which does bring up some very interesting implications for what it means that lava might be freely floating through the surface of Mars, because the same thing happens on Earth, and this might sound counterintuitive, but those areas are associated with a lot of microbial life. Yeah, like you think of like, you know, hot lava as being a place where life would not do well, um, but there's quite a bit of evidence to show that, you know, that hot molten material colliding with cooler material that creates conditions where microbial life can thrive mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not even just microbial i was doing a small amount of deep diving and i found this um i don't even know if i should say this because i didn't read it completely but it was like a, a species of worm that's like separated from other species of worm like actual like stereotypical like earthworm annelid type things, but they were living on the outskirts of this volcano deposit in just this soil at a temperature and low oxygen that they should not have been able to, to survive, but they could. Is that but, in the deep sea or terrestrial? Terrestrial. Oh, wow. Then I don't know about them. I know about the deep sea worms who love hydrothermal vents, but... <laughs> <laughs> they look really cool. They are cool. Two worms. Oh, also, uh, flamingos, not volcanoes. Oh, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> flamingos are literally extremophiles. Yeah, extremophile is a word that means um, life that is able to exist and reproduce in extreme conditions. My favorite thing about that, though, is, is the direct definition, which is lover of extreme conditions. Because, like, they have not only, they just don't exist there. They thrive in those conditions now. Exactly. That's the conditions they're adapted to. Mm -hmm. um, so what we're, what all of this, to condense everything we're saying, is... Um, you know, everyone's obsessed with like, are there Martians? Is there life on Mars? Um, and, you know, the chances of there being intelligent life on Mars, slim to none. But the chances of there being tiny microbial life on Mars, well, those chances just went up a little bit. Yeah, and it's also going to kick up a lot of dust in the astrobiological community because there are, to this day, is a lot of back and forth uh, arguing over whether there might have been some bombardments uh, that knocked pieces of material between Mars and Earth, and possibly that's why we have life on Earth in the first place. Obviously, no one's been able to prove that. Um, how can you? But this does throw another kindling in the fire. Oh, yeah, I've heard that theory before, that we're all technically Martians. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Yeah, there are so many unknowns in astrobiology, the study of life in other worlds outside of the Earth. Um, it's a fun area to speculate. 
Um, the scientists who are trying to answer questions in that area probably don't appreciate wild speculation, but uh, uh, we're not one of them. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We're free from all that. Yeah. And you know what? Something that's interesting is like the arts and the sciences, uh, where they overlap is trying to find the answers to these questions that we don't have answers to yet. And, you know, scientists plot along methodically, um, making sure that they're checking things and proposing things that are highly reasonable, whereas artists make these big jumps. But sometimes an artist making a jump sparks an idea and a scientist to study the possibility of that wild theory existing. And sometimes that's how we discover things. So yeah, you to stop speculating, say, well, Hey, I told you it was speculation. I'm not trying to spread misinformation. I'm just an artist. Okay. Say it exactly like that. Not even to mention all of the huge amount of paradigm shifts that, that have taken place inside the scientific field that those people were just laughed out of the rooms they were trying to talk in at first place. Yeah. So if someone laughs at your big ideas, doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong. It just means different. Exactly. Uh, for anyone interested, uh, look up uh, names like uh, Lynn Margulis, uh, Carl Woese, who actually discovered an entire domain of life on this planet that no one agreed or thought existed until they actually saw his work. Um, I can only think of two names at the moment, but there's a lot of times it's happened. Oh, there's that one guy who has that theory um, about all life on earth being a single organism. Um, what's his name? Love something. Love lock. That rings a bell. Love drop. I don't remember his name. Love, Love drop. Is he a, is he a soul singer? No, I'm not even sure if he's still alive. Well, anyway, if you want to learn more <laughs> about um, the possibility of um, active volcanic activity and possibility of microbial life existing on Mars, check out scienceandfictures.com um, to see the comic that's going to be posted there. Uh, you can also find that comic and talk to us um, by following us on our social medias. So we have Instagram, we are science underscore in underscore podcast, and our parent organization is science underscore in underscore pictures. We are Science and Podcast and Science and Pictures, respectively, on Facebook. Um, and Jared and I have a ye old email <laughs> podcast at scienceandpictures.com. Uh, we're not going to give you our mailing address. So those are all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want mail from uh, I don't know where. Um, yeah, but uh, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, hashtag free SciHub and goodbye. Goodbye. Free SciHub.